You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Oh boy, everybody is so, so excited to find out that The Rock just got swindled out of $15 million. Look, I, I get that we're desperate for good news, and I understand that it's like, yay, the XFL is alive, and it's back, and it's The Rock, and it's all good things. But if we're being honest, The Rock just got ripped off for $15 million by his old boss. That's the real headline. First of all, I'm just, I'm not convinced at all that this is ever going to work. I had no expectation that the AAF was going to work. I thought it was laughable that the XFL was even going to try. As much as people said it was enjoyable or whatever, it's, you know, it's okay. But I don't see this being sustained. I mean, just the fact that it's $15 million. Think about that. That's like a house for these people. They bought an entire football league for 15 million bucks. That's not that's not even any money. That's like a construction business or something. That's I mean it's 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 a roofing company. 15 million. It's uh, come. What is that? How do you buy an entire football league for 15 million dollars? You know how you do that? Because it's completely broken and shattered. McMahon lost everything. Everybody went bankrupt in this deal, and he's just hoping and praying he can find some sucker that can get him a a little bit of a return on the money he lost, which is, I guarantee, a lot more than $15 million. He's just hoping and praying he can find some sucker, and somehow he talked the rock into it. And, and, I mean, there, there can't be any illusions on this. If there's a real expectation that this is going to be, you know, like a $50 million a year enterprise, a massive NFL, you know, institution, you're not getting it for $15 million. In fact, if that was the case, McMahon would just hang on to it. After all the work and blood and sweat and tears and decades of trying to get this thing working, the guy walked away from it. And he walked away from it for pennies on the dollar. It's not as heartwarming of a story as it sounds, but The Rock is betting on himself and his ability to sell stuff. I just, I don't buy it. Because at the end of the day, the people love The Rock, but how many people are going to sit and watch a game they don't want to watch because The Rock bought it, right? It's just, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to be too specific and kind of like put people down or whatever, but, you know, there's a lot of other podcasters, YouTubers, whatever, for Packers things that that are doing some pretty big stuff. But it really doesn't, it doesn't feel threatening to me at all because I realize that a lot of that stuff just doesn't translate. Right? It sounds good on paper, but at the end of the day, it's just not that good. 
Like, we got this really big guest, and it's going to be awesome. And it's like, man, if you're getting those guests, this is a big deal. This is going to be a massive enterprise. But at the end of the day, even if you watch it just for that guest, you got to have some kind of a substance behind it. And if you do, it's going to be it's going to be what it is. If you don't, then you're just a trash show with with cool guests sometimes. And I'm not specifically saying anyone's trash. I don't, see cuz now I know the gears are turning like, "Oh, he's talking about I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just saying at the end of the day it comes down to at its core what the substance is." There's all kinds of people that get, that get big I, I I'll give you one specific one, Ian Rappaport. His podcast is horrible. I I don't I refuse to listen to it. But once in a because all his shows are massive guests because he's got inside or he's got connections, right? And so he'll get Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers or some big-name guy, and, and then I'll listen because I want to know what's being said. I want to know what the person I care about is being said, but at the end of the day, I'm not listening to his podcast because it's not a good podcast. It's the same thing here. If, if you're betting on this thing succeeding because you bought it, you're, you're fooling yourself. Even though people might tell you that, and it sounds, oh yeah, dude, with The Rock, it's going to be awesome. And it sounds cool, and you get all hyped up, and then at the end of the day, you sit down and you watch the XFL, and it's not that interesting, and The Rock's not there, and this isn't wrestling, right? They might, the, the camera pans over to him, and he's doing something great. Maybe he goes out and, uh, you know, does this whole, if you smell thing at, at the 50-yard line before the game, and it's like, yeah, and you get all jacked up, and then 10 minutes into the game, it's like, this is not interesting, I'm going to turn it off. Same with all these other big things, you know, we got this big guest and everyone gets all excited on Twitter and, and YouTube and everybody supports you and like, yeah, man, that's awesome, congratulations. But are they going to sit there for an hour and actually watch you talk to this person? No, a lot of them aren't going to watch it. They'll cheer you on and they'll wish you the best and then, you know, they'll give you about 30 seconds and then they're like, all right, I got other stuff to do. It's hard to get people actually invested in the thing that you're you're trying to do, you're trying to build, whatever. And, and you know, that's just that's just a thing I've learned that, is important to keep in mind if you ever want to start doing something. Make the main thing the main thing. You want the XFL to work? Make the XFL awesome and this so that people want to watch the XFL. Nobody cares that it's The Rock. They do now, and they'll say they do now, but nobody's going to sit for three hours and watch a game they don't like because The Rock bought it. Does that make sense? And I just don't think people want to watch it. People say they want to watch it, especially now that they're sports starved, and they might sit down and watch it. I, I, don't, I don't know. It just, it's never survived before. I don't think it's going to survive again. It's just not that interesting. And I tried. I tried. I picked a team, and you watch it, and it's like, oh, that's a cool little feature. And you kind of like, like, the, the review type stuff and the, all the little behind the scenes. But the game itself, it doesn't feel like football. It doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't have that same connection. I don't have the same kind of rush and, a, you know, excitement about rooting for my team. The investment that I have in the Green Bay Packers, I can't fake that or force that for some other team I've never heard of. Tampa Bay whatevers that I pick just because, you know, it's Tampa Bay and on the off chance that this ever becomes big and I become super invested and I really want to go see my team, guess where I got to go? I got to go to Clearwater. I mean, Tampa. I wonder if you can see him from the beach. I don't know. I'll try. So, I, I don't know. I just... I think he just lost $15 million, and, you know, probably a lot more, because it's going to cost, that's pro probably part of the reason it only costs $15 million, is because you can't just leave it at $15 million. You have to fund everything. You have to pay for these stadiums, right? Whatever, whatever stadiums you're using, you've got to pay for rights to use those stadiums. You've got to pay for all the jerseys. You've got to pay for all the players. you got to, I mean, we're talking tens of millions, hundreds of millions. I don't know what it is. Lots and lots and lots and lots of money and in hopes that this becomes some kind of a big thing. And obviously the assumption is, well, you know, it's just because of COVID. That's the only reason. It would have been huge. 
okay, again, why is McMahon backing out? He's had decades invested in this. He was here, he was working it, and it just didn't pan out. I don't, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's a thing again. I'm glad we're going to have it for a while. I hope it succeeds. I want it to succeed. I just, I feel like we've been trying this, and it just, people just don't care at the end of the day. People say they care, people say they want it, but then when you look at the numbers, all the people who are screaming and hollering for it, sounds like a lot of them aren't actually sitting down and watching the game. I know I don't, because they put it on cable, and I don't have cable, but I'm not the only one. But, you know, it's 15 million bucks, he'll be fine. He's worth like 350 million, so. When you have that much money, you can afford to risk a little to have a fun little venture. Why not? He's an ex-football player, or what did he play for, like Miami in college or something, and he got hurt, or he didn't make the team. I don't remember the story, but he played football. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you jump into the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. Please, if you haven't yet, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pack Daddy NFL. I've been doing a daily podcast for, let's see, since July 25th. Although I'm not positive there's going to be one today. I, I, I have one, but it's the whole balancing act between doing stuff and family stuff. And there's quite a bit that needs to be done for a consecutive period of time. I've got all the graphics done yesterday, but I actually have to do the recording today. And I just don't know if that's, I don't know how that's going to play. But it is the, so what, what I've done, I did the Green Bay Packers seven-round mock. And then so far this week on Monday, I did a Detroit Lions seven-round and a Chicago Bears uh, yesterday. Two days ago was Detroit Lions, yesterday was Chicago Bears. Today I have the Minnesota Vikings mock done. If I can record it, I'll have it uploaded today. But um, it's, it's supposed to be a Green Bay Packers channel that does draft stuff sometimes. But there's two problems. Number one, zero things are happening for the Packers. So I, you know, it's mostly been breaking news stuff. And of course, there's no breaking news. And I'm not going to pretend these press conferences are breaking news because they're not. There's no news. And I'm not going to pretend that there's news. Secondly, the NFL draft content gets a lot more um, clicks and whatnot. When I do a mock draft, and every Saturday I do a first round mock draft, you know, it's somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000. And we're in the off season. I do a Packers thing, and it's like 90 views. And I've already, you know, this used to be a just draft channel. And I know during the season it can be in, you know, 20,000 range. This YouTube thing was crazy. I just started out of the gate and it was getting thousands and thousands of views. And I just thought that was normal. And so I reboot it in the off season. Just talk about the Packers, get 50 views. And it's like reality check. I don't know. I guess Packer fans don't really care. What a shame. I thought y'all liked football and, you know, wanted to represent and all that. Guess not. I'm just messing with you. If you're not going to do it, if I ask you nicely, maybe I can shame you into subscribing. I don't know. Anyways, why don't we just go ahead and take a break right now, and then we'll come back and talk about that. Come on, man. See, I... Why don't you just turn your alarms off? Because you know what's going to happen? I'm going to oversleep on my first alarm, and I'm going to oversleep on my second alarm. I'm going to miss all these other alarms, and I'm going to wake up. There's going to be no podcast, and it's just going to be a nightmare. It only happens once in a while where I don't get up for my first two-ish alarms. But it could be as often as like once every week, once every two weeks. And we're talking late for work, no pot. I mean, it's just, I don't like that. So I have like 15 alarms set between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock. It's actually closer to like 6 or 7, but still, it's, it just has to be a thing. And no, I'm not going to turn them off and then try to remember to turn them back on. Because guess what? I won't remember to turn them back on. They'll just stay off. I have an alarm set for 5.30 p.m. that goes off every single day. You know why? Because it was supposed to be 5.30 a.m., and I messed up, and I just don't think to just just either change it or just turn it off. I don't need a 5.30 alarm for anything. 
a.m. or p.m. It's still just sitting there. So no, I don't trust myself to turn it off and turn it on every day. It's just not going to happen. I know me too well. But let's take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So every once in a while, there is a very simplistic thing that happens. And sometimes it's just as, as simple as asking the question, why? And it's embarrassing because it, it's, it's almost as if it never even crossed my mind. And then when it does, it's just this, it's, it's just embarrassing. I'll give you an example. I'll try to be vague because it's technically about politics. But, you know, w- when you're younger and you just start understanding things, and you start forming opinions about things, about, you know, what's right and what's wrong. At least for me, there wasn't initially a separation between what's right and what should be legal and illegal, right? It's just, those were just the same thing, right? Like, if if this is the right thing, then it should be a law. It sounds dumb, but it just never occurred to me that that doesn't necessarily have to be a thing. And then, all at once, there was a point in time when I realized just because something is moral doesn't mean we have to use the government to force people to do that thing. Those are two different things, right? In other words, it can be wrong and we can still let people do it. People are allowed to be wrong. People are allowed to be stupid. People are even allowed to be mean, insensitive. People are jerks and you can't legislate jerkdom away from people. You just can't unless you just become a fascistic dictatorship where we just arrest, imprison, and kill everybody that's just kind of mean, or does this thing or that thing that you don't like. And again, it's it's like, duh, but it just just never occurred to me. And then when it did, it was like, oh, wow. And I vowed to never tell anyone that I was so stupid as to not realize that. So, welcome into my inner circle of dark secrets. But I was kind of combing through some comments about Jordan Love and, and the questions about, you know, why he needs to go away. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know, in terms of, like, why he has to be 
going on in the next couple of years. And somebody asked that question, like, well, why does he have to, why do, why do we have to assume Jordan Love's going to be starting soon? And somebody jumped into the comment or his, you know, commented on his comment and said, because you want to get a, you know, a guy on his rookie contract, quarterbacks don't really sit for very long anymore. Gave the standard answer that I've been operating under, the same answer that Aaron Rodgers has been operating under, that when you trade up in the first round, that means you want this guy to start. And you don't want him to sit for his entire rookie deal. You want, you know, you want to play him. And usually it's within the first year or two. And his comment back was, why does it have to be that way? And I saw that and it was like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And it really got me thinking that my assumptions, and it's not, it doesn't mean it's wrong. And really all of us are just operating under assumptions based on what a lot of teams have been doing recently, which is flaw number one. Right, We used to do things a certain way. Now a lot of teams have been going in a different direction. Therefore, the Packers must be going in that same direction. That's flaw number one. Here's the other issue. When you listen to anybody talk about this topic, the question will often come up that we've never seen a situation like this ever. When have you ever seen a situation? I mean, the closest maybe being Brett Favre, but he was talking about retirement and the Packers weren't very good. And he actually technically left the team, retired, and then when he wanted to come back, the Packers were like, no, we're going to go with Rodgers. There is no other scenario. And, and if the Packers were to play Jordan Love and trade Aaron Rodgers, that would be entirely unprecedented, at least in, in modern history. So the fact that we're dealing with something that is unprecedented means that we shouldn't assume that everything has to be exactly the same. But here's the other thing. The Packers are put into a situation possibly, right? I mean, it's entirely possible that this was well thought out, that that in that moment, when the draft came, when they're sitting there looking at Jordan Love and they made the decision to trade up, they also simultaneously made the decision that they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers within two years and play Jordan Love. That's possible. But it's also entirely possible that although there is generally a right way to do things, sometimes you're put in a tough situation where you have to decide to maybe not do the super ideal thing, but you can't necessarily walk away. Let me give you another example from my life. My wife and I have been looking for houses for years. And by looking, I mean a couple years ago, we decided we would look for a house. We'd got an agent and all this different stuff. Turns out houses are really expensive here. I mean, not like California expensive, but as far as the Midwest goes, Dane County, Wisconsin especially compared to the pay, which is, you know, it's, it's a really weird thing where you don't get like a premium pay bump because the county itself is not all that whatever, but the housing is, is expensive. It's more expensive in Madison than it is in Milwaukee, but the pay is less in Madison than Milwaukee. It's, it's a not great situation, but you start looking at it and it, it's not great. And so you, you start saving up and you start coming up with this scenario where, okay, we need this much of a down payment and we need this much of a house in this region. And, and there's sort of this, you know, ideal situation that crops up. And let's just say the numbers are roughly, we need to save $20,000 so that we can buy a $200,000 house that is a three bedroom, two bath, 1500 square foot house. That's sort of the general goal. And you have about 15000 saved up. And a house comes on the market that is 200000 It's four bedrooms, 1,800 square feet, and it's just a great house. And you've got a real estate agent, and they're like, look, this is a really rare opportunity. These people are highly motivated to get out of this house. They just want it gone. It's in great shape. These houses do not come along very often. You've got two options. 
You can stick to the plan and say, we're just not ready yet. We don't have enough money with 15,000 down. If if we put 15,000, our payment's going to be too high. It's outside of the budget that we set for ourselves. We just need to be patient, get to the 20 and wait and hope that another opportunity comes along like this. And if it doesn't, then we'll just get a lesser house. That's whatever, you know, we'll just live with it. Or option B, you take advantage of this really great opportunity, get something better than you expected, and you're going to be outside of your original plan, the ideal plan, right? This isn't the right way to do things necessarily, but it's an opportunity you can't pass up. Is it possible that the Packers are in a similar situation? This is not the ideal situation. Ideally, you wait one or two more years before you draft a quarterback. At that point, Aaron Rodgers' contract, we can move on from him almost instantly. I mean, we can instantly. We also have the opportunity to let Jordan Love sit for another two years if we decide to do that. At any point, we can move on from Rodgers. We can we can sit Jordan or whoever the quarterback is. We can do all. This is the ideal way to do things. But but more than likely, we just bring him in, sit him for a year, play him the next year, move on from Rodgers in his final year. There's almost no dead money. We save a ton of money. It's all great. However, here we are, a year or two too early. In a rough contract situation, we can't get out of Aaron Rodgers' contract this year. We can't really get out of it next year. I mean, we can, but it's not great. And here comes this guy that we watched on film that we said, this guy can be it. That that Matt LaFleur looked at and said, this is the guy that I need to, to run my team. This is the perfect quarterback. And he gets within striking distance. And it's the same situation. This isn't ideal. We're not in a situation where we can play him year one. We're not even in a situation where we can play him year two. This isn't generally what you like to do. You usually like to get him playing, you know, so you can take advantage of this rookie contract. And we're not going to really be able to do that with Jordan because he needs some time to develop. He's sort of a more developmental guy. We need him to sit for two years. We need Rodgers to play for two years. We need all these things. And so we can't take advantage of some of the things that other teams get to take advantage of. But that still doesn't mean this might not be the best scenario. So again, the two options are we trade up, we take this guy, we miss out on some of the benefits, we do things not exactly the right way, but we still get our quarterback of the future. We still get this great thing, although we miss out on a couple opportunities. And we, and we just, we get it because it's here and we may never get this opportunity again, right? Like the house, this is, we, we may not, this, it's not like these just come along every day. It happens very rarely. To have a quarterback that we believe is genuinely a great starting quarterback that can be the next great Hall of Fame quarterback to fall to us late in the draft and to have the opportunity to be able to coach him up for several years behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, I mean, it's just, it's a very rare opportunity. Or we pass on it, we be responsible and say, we're not quite at that point yet. We really want to take advantage of a, of a rookie contract so we can go out and spend like drunk sailors on free agents. And we'll just hope that in two years, somebody will fall into our lap. We'll hope it's a deep quarterback class and somebody that, that's really great will just be sitting there for us, which obviously is no guarantee. There might be two good quarterbacks that are gone in the first two picks and we're picking at 27. I mean, it, it, when you put it in those terms, there's almost no chance that you're passing on Jordan Love. And then when the question comes up, like, well, they must be playing them because this is what teams usually do. You just kind of sit there and shake your head like, no, I don't have to do anything. You got to take advantage of that rookie contract, man. You can go out in free agency and go crazy. No, I don't have to. I understand that's generally ideal to have, you know, three years of, you know, really cheap quarterback play so that we can stack up on free agents. But does it have to be that way? I mean, are the Chiefs done now that they paid? Pat Mahomes, if that's the case, why pay him? Why not just go out and get a, a, a different guy? Why are we even bothering with Aaron Rodgers? We need money to pay free agents. We don't need a quarterback. We just need money to go out and buy safeties and running backs and tight ends. I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. I understand the benefit of it. But at the end of the day, what you need more than anything 
is an elite quarterback. And so when we're faced with the, with the proposition of, do we take a quarterback that we believe is legitimately the guy? He's got all the tools, all the keys, everything we need to be the next great. Do we pull the trigger on that, or do we look more at having a bunch of money? It's not a question. You take the quarterback. And maybe you have that opportunity. I'm not saying they're definitely going to sit him. But it doesn't have to be so stringent that, well, now they have to play him. Now they have to trade Aaron Rod. No, they don't. I know recent history says that's what you do. But find me the recent history in which you trade up to draft a quarterback in the first round while you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback still sitting there. And then they traded that Hall of Fame quarterback within a year so that they could take advantage of a rookie contract. Tell me when you find it. This is unprecedented territory. Bottom line is there are bigger things at play here than Jordan Love's rookie contract. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and we have the next great Hall of Fame quarterback sitting on the bench. The taking advantage of the rookie contract thing is so far down the list of things I care about. And to say that it's a terrible pick because you're not getting you know, that rookie contract, come on, man. No, it's a terrible pick if he's a terrible player. That's it. And the only thing the Packers should be caring about right now is getting the best out of Aaron Rodgers and then making sure that Jordan Love gets the best education he can from Aaron Rodgers so that whenever we decide to pass the mantle, and it's not based on money, it's based on what's the best thing we can do to win football game. And I'm, I understand I'm, I'm almost entirely um, going again. I made a bet with, I guess it's more of a gentleman's bet, with Mr. Uh, Bazarski, my uh, YouTube compatriot over, over at fan to fan Network, he said it would be, you know, three or more years. I said it would be under three years. And I'm more or less going against myself because, again, at the end of the day, forget the contract. I mean, it's not as though that doesn't play into it. But I'm not going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. If we can afford to keep Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to get rid of him just because, hey, we can get rid of him, put in Jordan, who's not ready, and then go out and spend a bunch of money. Which, really, how much is a bunch of money? We're going to save, what, $30 million by getting rid of Rodgers so we can get three $10 million guys? Or you can go out and spend, like, get what one 18 million dollar wide receiver and like a 12 million dollar defensive tackle like i mean it's it's not the the money runs out pretty quick and the question is are you going to put a jordan love who is not ready to be a starting quarterback out on the field with this new flashy wide receiver or would you just rather have rogers with Devonte and his band of misfit second or second tier wide receivers it's an obvious answer, man. Look, it's just just do the best thing so that the team wins. Now, I, I still stand by what I say. Jordan Love needs to be just good enough to be a starting quarterback. He doesn't even need to be as good as Aaron Rodgers, and they'll be ready to move on. But they're not in a position where they have to move on from Aaron Rodgers just because they traded up. And they're going to put Jordan Love on the field before they know he's ready simply because they traded up and they want to take advantage of a rookie contract. And we have to do that. You know, you don't. You don't. You have to take an elite quarterback when you see one, and they did. Outside of that, now you just have to win a lot of football games. And if that's with, with Aaron Rodgers, great. And if you think you can do it with Jordan Love, then it's time to start talking about trading Aaron Rodgers. Now it's time to start talking about what's the most return we can get for Aaron Rodgers. But it's not this, this thing where you have to force it. You don't have to force anything. They were put in a position where, where you have to make a decision that either way you're doing the wrong thing. You're taking a quarterback too early or you're passing on a quarterback that you believe can be a starter. Which of those wrong things is more wrong? Clearly passing on the quarterback is more wrong. Especially giving, as I've said, the, the, the scenario in which, or the, the very real situation in which there's no team that Jordan Love could have gone to that would have been better than the Green Bay Packers. Zero teams that he would have been better for. 
When you look at the fact that he needed time to sit, you can eliminate a big portion of the league that needs a, a quarterback today. Then you eliminate all the quarterbacks that aren't going to be gone soon. What are you left with? Arizona's locked up forever. I mean, Atlanta's an option, but would you rather sit behind Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan? It's not even close. Buffalo, Baltimore, Carolina, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Chicago. I mean, Chicago would be fine, but he's learning from Mitch Trubisky and Foles, I guess. I mean, the only other possible comp that I could come up with would be Tampa sitting behind um, Tom Brady. And I, I think that would be a great situation for any quarterback to sit and learn behind Tom Brady. But also factor in the skill sets. Um, although I tend to think Jordan Love is a little bit more Tom Brady than Aaron Rodgers in terms of play style, which almost nobody would disagree with. But again, the, the reason Jordan Love got drafted isn't the fact that he can do those Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers things, which he can, rolling off to his right, throwing off his back foot, making great passes. He's got that element. And that's the thing that can get better with Aaron Rodgers, those types of things. But, but the fact of the matter is I think Jordan Love was drafted because what he does well is he gets the ball, he gets the ball out of his hand quickly. He makes quick reads, intelligent decisions, and pinpoint accurate passes. That's a Tom Brady thing. So he would have been fine over there as well. But, I mean, given the system that the Packers are going to be running, they're building a team that would be perfect for Jordan Love that is run first. I just need you to follow my system, make the right throw at the right time to the right guy who's open, throw it on time and throw it accurately. And if you watch Jordan Love, that's what he does unbelievably. And a lot of it is, you know, that last year in college, he made a lot of really bad decisions, a lot of really bad decisions. And and there's no better quarterback in the NFL when you're talking about telling him to be more risk averse. There's no more risk averse quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And so... If you want a guy to learn how to make more intelligent decisions to make sure you get those interceptions down, I mean, again, it is the best possible scenario. Scheme, the coach, the quarterback, Jordan Love is, I don't know if he realizes it or not, this is the best case scenario. And if Jordan Love was ever going to be an elite quarterback, ever, if there was, if there's one team that's going to make him a great Hall of Fame quarterback, it's the Green Bay Packers. If the Packers can't do it, if he doesn't get it sitting behind Aaron Rodgers in this scheme, which is quarterback friendly for Matt LaFleur, who is a quarterback guru, you look at what he did with Matt, you know, we talk about Mike McCarthy being a guru, look what he did everywhere he's been. I mean, he's, he's a former quarterback coach, so you got a quarterback coach in who made Matt, uh, Matt Ryan, gave him his best year ever, who's worked with all kinds of quarterbacks, from RG3 to Aaron Rodgers to, to Goff, you know, look what happened with Goff. Goff was a complete bust until he and Sean McVay showed up. All of a sudden, Goff is doing great. By the way, you know, I mean, I'm not just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, but you know, the Rams haven't really been much, and Goff, you know, maybe he's not quite as good anymore. I'm, I don't know. Maybe Sean McVay isn't the magic sauce. I, you know, I don't know. Okay, I kind of made that up, but he does a great job with quarterback. He just does. How good is he as a head coach? That's yet to be determined. Although he's got a pretty good start, winning 13 games in his first season. Also. No question about it. This guy knows how to how to how to run the football. There's questions about whether or not he can get a passing game going, right? He went to Tennessee and they couldn't throw the ball to save their lives, although Marcus Mariota was injured the whole year. 
But look at what he did for that running game. Again, Derrick Henry was not a thing until Matt LaFleur got in and made him like the number one running back in football. He built this running system with the offensive line and with Derrick Henry and how to use Derrick Henry and all that stuff. He built that. They're just leaving it alone. They're they're keeping that implemented over there. And then they got a better quarterback and all this different stuff to kind of round this whole thing out. And then he comes over here and Aaron Jones is... is is suddenly, I mean, not that Aaron Jones wasn't already great, but he's suddenly regarded as, you know, one of the top guys in football. He's automatic, automatic from inside the 10 the yard line from for a rushing touchdown. Led the league in touchdowns. And now he gets A.J. Dillon. He gets his own little Derrick Henry that he can play with. I mean, it's just, it's it's perfect for Jordan Love. It's going to be a great, I mean, and, and, and we're going to continue building this offensive line in Matt LaFleur's image. As scary as it is to think about guys leaving, and it, and it is, this thing is going to be fully built, and the only thing missing from this equation, because they're building it the right way. One thing that I always say when I do my mock drafts, and I do a lot of them, that drives me nuts is teams that don't have offensive lines, don't have weapons, don't have anything, and they start with a quarterback. That's a terrible thing to do. You start with a quarterback who has no protection, he has no weapons, he gets absolutely annihilated, decimated, and his own mind gets wrecked. And he's ruined. Look at Josh Rosen. He was a he was a really solid quarterback. He went to Arizona, got absolutely annihilated. He got pressured more than any quarterback in all of football. The media said he's garbage. He's washed up. Then he gets replaced after one year. Now he can't even get a starting job. I mean, his his career is just done. What happens if Josh Rosen gets put on a team that has an offensive line and a, and a, and a tight end and a wide receiver and a running back? He's got guys that are open. He's got all day to throw, and he can run the ball with ease. That's the situation I think Jordan Love is going to be walking into. An established franchise, a successful franchise with a coach that knows what he's doing, having learned behind Aaron Rodgers, walking behind an established top-tier offensive line with one of the best running backs in football, one of the best rushing attacks in all of football, with Devontae Adams likely still being there, and more than likely another top-tier wide receiver that's on the way up that's going to be drafted in the next couple years and hopefully a really solid tight end with either Jace or DeGuara. That's the situation, that's the ideal scenario, is that it's a smooth transition. And there's every reason to believe that it can be there. And I understand the frustration today. What sense does it make today for 2020? Well, the good news is 2020 is a waste, so that's nice. If you're going to waste a draft, make sure it's in 2020. I mean, I shouldn't say waste it. If, if, you're, if you're going to make a draft and a free agency about the future, this is a great year to do that. Because nobody cares. And I know people don't like me saying that. I got yelled at on, on Facebook about it, about calling it the COVID Bowl and you know why the Packers shouldn't care about the Super Of course, I want to win the Super Bowl. But his question was, well, who cares what other people think if the Packers win? Well, the point isn't what other people think. The point is those people are right. If, if we win the Super Bowl and try to brag about it and people laugh at us, they're right to laugh. And we're wrong to brag about it. And, and let's just think about it the other way, because it's not fun to think about it that way. Okay, how about this? COVID is running rampant in the NFL, but they push through anyway. Aaron Rodgers misses several weeks. Kirk Cousins, all these guys. It's just it's just a, a complete nightmare. Some of the best teams in football just aren't very good because they're missing key components. Drew Brees, halfway through the season, decides this is no good anymore, and he leaves, and it's just a mess. And the Chicago Bears end up winning the Super Bowl because they're just good enough to push through, and all those big-name teams that would have gotten in there weren't there. right? And Tyreek Hill and uh, Pat Mahomes get COVID in the playoffs, and they don't end up making it, and they get knocked out. And so it's the Bears against the, I don't know, the Broncos. And the Bears win the Super Bowl, and the Bears fans start bragging about it. What's the first thing you're going to say? That doesn't even count. 
What a joke that you're bragging about that. Okay, same thing applies for the Packers. Again, not saying I don't want the Packers to win, but let's not pretend winning the Super Bowl this year is even comparable to winning the Super Bowl last year. Even if nothing else happens, even if COVID just completely disappears by the time the NFL season starts, still look at the opt-outs. Which, by the way, there's a rumor now that there are a lot of really high-profile players who are strongly considering opting out. As I said yesterday, it makes a lot of sense financially for players to opt out and then toll your contract on to, you know, basically push your contract back a year and protect your money that way. So we'll see. But anyways, I, you know, and, and, and I mean, get excited about it. I'm excited about Jordan Love. I can't wait. I'm, I'm upset. The biggest reason I'm upset that there's no preseason is I want to watch Jordan Love. If you haven't watched it, go to the, uh, I should put these things up on my, my new YouTube channel, but I, I did a video on some of our draft picks, and I did a video on Jordan Love, and just kind of laid it all out there. And if you don't want to watch that, simply go to YouTube and watch his game tape from 2018. 2019 was a rough year, plus if you just type in Jordan Love verse or whatever, the first game that's going to pop up pop up is like his worst game ever. That was the one game I watched to Jordan Love when I made the determination, I don't want this guy. He threw like five picks in that game. 2019, he threw a ton of interceptions. It was a down year. But he also lost like his offensive coordinator, his entire offensive line. Everything was all messed up. Go back to 2018 and go watch his games. Like all of them. Any one of them that you can find. If you got time, watch them. Watch his entire 2018 season if you can and tell me that that guy doesn't excite you. Speaking of exciting completely off topic, but I, I am, I got to get going first of all, but I, I, I cannot tell you how, I've been waiting for years. I've been begging pro football focus for years. I, every year I ask them, when is this happening? And they always allude to the fact that it's probably not going to happen. And I assume it's because they make a bunch of money taking this information and selling it to NFL teams and they want it to be proprietary because then you can jack the price up or whatever. Pro football focus just announced that they are going to start having premium stats for college football players. I am, I, I literally could cry. I don't know how I'm going to afford to pay for it. I already, I think this month, have to pay $200 for, for my Pro Football Focus subscription. I really hope it's not an additional 200 for the college thing because that's going to that's gonna break me. But I'm, I'm doing it, whatever it is, because I can't not have that. It's just, it's, it's opening up a whole new world, man. If I can get my hands on those, oh my goodness. With that said, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Please help me to uh, pay for these subscriptions that are coming up. August is a very expensive month. Also, also I think August is uh, Game Pass month. Because it's like, you know, I mean, it's just all at once. It's, you know, you're doing a podcast, and it's like, I need Pro Football Focus, and I need the Game Pass, and all that, because the football season's starting. And it just kind of comes around every year where it's like, oh, I hate August so much. So $200 for Pro Football Focus, $100 for Game Pass, and whatever this college thing is going to cost. And no, I'm not doing month to month, because overall that costs way more money. So I will be taking the hit all at once. So if you wouldn't mind jumping on Patreon, you can support me for as little as a dollar a month. There are other ways to support the show. Links are in the description. But anyways, I gots to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.